Podcast is back in the house with you, and I am Michael Sitchell. I'm Johnny Ginner. Johnny, great, great win for the Buckeyes on Saturday night. Came within just a few seconds of having some third stringers not, you know, had they not let down a little bit at the end, uh, getting a shutout. But yeah. 49-7, and uh, really just a total domination by the Buckeyes. Yeah, and you know what? I think this game is maybe a good example of why final scores aren't that revealing, because they were really just kind of screwing around. After they, you know, got into the 30s, like you could tell they were just saying, let's get this guy a touchdown. Let's get this guy a touchdown. Yeah. Like they didn't, they clearly were not trying for points. They were just trying to help dudes out and like make the resumes look good and stuff, which is fine. I have zero problem with that. But Mm -hmm. I I think it's important to note that they could have beaten Rutgers probably by like 60 if they had really felt like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They were, Rutgers at no point was in that game. No, they weren't. I mean, they, I think they're they were in the they were in the game until they doinked the field goal at the end of their first drive, and then after that, it was just like not in the face, not in the <laughs> face. You know? Well, and, when, and with Carew being basically injured and they not really having much of anything else beyond him offensively, I mean, it's that you know that was it. And so you know that that was the game. This is the game that people have been expecting Ohio State to show up and have. All year now, where they just come out and just outclass an opponent completely, and they did. And, you know, obviously a lot's going to be made of the quarterbacking change, but, you know, it clearly worked. And I am not somebody who, you know, I'm a little surprised that they ended up pulling the trigger, actually, just because of the situation and the chaos it could potentially cause in the locker room. But on the other hand, you have a veteran team that maybe be able to handle that pretty well. So I don't know. Yeah, one thing I, I want to go back to your point about getting getting guys their uh, their plays, and it was hilarious because somebody had mentioned that Ohio State ran up the score uh, by leaving um, some of the starters in in the the first drive of the fourth quarter. Yeah, and clearly, clearly it was funny because they were trying to get Zeke his hundred yards. He was just like stuck at around eighty seven or right. something like that. So then they bust off fifty five yard <laughs> touchdown run. Yeah, like they're just they're just trying to get him a hundred yards. They weren't really meaning to bust a fifty five yard right. touchdown. But right. uh, but um, it, it was. Uh, it was. It was funny. It was like, okay, and even like Kirk Herbstreit was talking about, okay, some at some point there'll be the Jalen Marshall touchdown. And then, <laughs> right, and, and then know. he goes ahead, and I don't even know like what they were doing with that pop pass because like I don't like clearly that would have been an illegal forward pass for Jalen to have thrown it. Right. So I, I, I don't like. I would love to believe, believe me, I would love to believe that that was scripted like that, that he was going to go back and fake everybody out by pretending to pass and then just mm-hmm. run it in. I think he just forgot what the hell he was doing. And, <laughs> and it was like, I'm going to find an open dude. And then it was like, wait a minute. And then he pulled it down and ran. Like, well, here's the thing. Was it, was it, was it JT supposed to give him the ball instead of pop passing it? Or was Jalen supposed to just run it and didn't think there was anything there? So he thought maybe I'll just like, I don't know. Make, like I'm gonna throw it. It really didn't make or, any sense. Like, I mean, yeah. it was clearly a pop pass because he was just running right across, and just, you know, right. JG didn't like pat, like hand it to him. He was like boop. Um, right. But on the other hand, if if a play like I'm really curious about this play because if a play is going that fast, I find it also hard to believe that Jalen Marshall would be able to stop in the middle of it and go. Hmm. I don't know that I'm allowed to pass this right now. I should probably find a way to <laughs> run it in. Like I don't think he did that. I don't think that entered his thought process. On the other yeah, hand, I find but, it equally unlikely. That that was a planned part of the play, so I don't I don't really know how that worked out. I don't know. Whatever it was, it was it was really fun and awesome, and we all I I just laughed, and uh, it was so fun to watch that I just actually laughed out loud. Yeah, that, like when good. he skipped into the end, so it was like it was like oh cool he's gonna pass it. Oh wait, there he goes. Uh, and you start laughing, and you go oh yeah, there's no way he could have passed it. Right. And you know, none not one defender on that field was sitting there going he ain't gonna pass that ball. He can't <laughs> pass that. You know right. <laughs> They were all going, oh, shit, he's going to pass it. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, yeah uh, everybody, everybody bit. And and that's the funny part about it, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was it was a fun game for me to watch just because, you know, granted, I think Cardell has maybe gotten a bit of a bum rap from Ohio State fans. I mean, he did obviously the last game he started, he did not perform particularly well. But before then, he had three straight games where he was playing fairly well. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's it's pretty obvious that the offense is just different with JT Barrett in charge. And when you have to account for his legs, I mean, he ran for over a hundred yards. Uh, that just changed the dynamic of everything. So 
I I think they're measurably better as long as they can you know keep doing what they're doing. But the, the his proficiency with the read option, uh, his threat to do something with busted plays, like it's just it's it's too much. I mean, he didn't throw the ball a lot, but when you can make up for that yardage on the ground, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, and when he did throw, he threw it very very well. That yeah. pass to uh, to Curtis Correct. Samuel was right on the on the money. He had a he had a ball. The ball that he threw to Braxton Miller, he threw where only Miller could get to it, the deep ball. Yeah. And that thing went like it went like fifty yards in the air. So it's yeah, not that, like he's got a weak arm. That surprised me. Like yeah, I was like, okay, JT, like somebody's been working on his, you know, his range a little bit. That was a nice pass. Yeah, another another year in the weight room for JT, and uh, right, <laughs> and he's he's got his uh, arm strength up a bit. But uh, you know, I think at the beginning of this season and, and all through the off season, this was kind of cultivated by the media and the the frenzy over the over QB Geddon. Yeah, it was that you know what's Ohio State going to do? What's the what are their fans going to do? Are they going to be split on this? And I think there were a lot of people, uh, most Ohio State fans, the rational ones, were like. Pick one. We like them all. Just pick one and right. let's do this. Right. And but you know, as somebody who was riding Team JT for all the, the the many reasons that we discussed ad nauseum on this podcast and elsewhere, I can only say, told you so, because <laughs> the dude was just phenomenal yeah. last year, and you don't just bench phenomenal because someone else good comes along. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like the stat, the stat that I saw with JT, like he started thirteen games and he has fifty touchdowns. So he's averaging like a tick over three point seven five. Like he's like it's like three point eight touchdowns a game. Like that's mm-hmm. insane. That is absolutely absurd that you can account for that many <laughs> touchdowns every single game that you're in. And again, part of it is part of the system that Urban Meyer has. But on the other hand, uh, a big part of it is just that he's really good at what he does. And he is yeah. he going to be an NFL quarterback? Probably not. But for what he is and what he does, he just plays it brilliantly, and it's it's hard to argue with the results, you know. I mean, it, it's yeah. really and, and and look, I want Cardell to be successful because of the work that he put in and mm-hmm. the decision that he made to come back. But ultimately, I think you know Meyer pulled the trigger at the right time. Yeah, I, I love Cardell Jones, and I love what he did for this team yeah. a year ago. And, and no one will ever take that away. I mean, you know, that was that happened, and we all celebrated it, and we still celebrate it to this day. Right. Uh, but I think JT is just so uh, perfect. He's the prototypical quarterback for the Urban Meyer system. Right. And I, and I really think that the team got into this thing where, oh, we got this big arm, big, strong quarterback, hard to sack. Um Let's just try to change who we are and our philosophy, and let's take the zone read out of it. Yeah, and just and just be this. We're just going to line up and beast you, and, and power run and throw the ball over top of you. Well, and, and that, that, and that not... works when you have a Devin Smith, right? And then an Evan sure can block on the perimeter and give you that extra guy if you need it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but we don't have that. Nope, nope. It doesn't work quite as well when with, with the personnel that he's recruited, because the personnel he recruited were recruited to you know specifically fit the system, right? So he's got the guys that he wants, and he's got the guys that fit his perfect system, and, and JT runs it better than anyone really should be expected to run it. I mean, the, you don't come out as a freshman, <laughs> a freshman in college, and break Drew Brees' right. conference record. Yeah, that's the thing we forget about this, right? JT's a sophomore. He's a redshirt sophomore. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, I mean, it's just, it's a testament to his ability to run this to run it, to get him in the right place, to make the right reads, to make the right throws, to make the right calls on the line or whether I keep or give. And and there's no ego with him. Right. He just, I'm going to, it's like RoboCop, you know, it's like <laughs> I'm just going to go out and do what needs to be done. Yeah. So, uh, so he does that and, and he's pretty darn good at it. So just let him do it. I mean, Cardale did what he did last year. That was awesome. You know, let him get through the season as the backup. Let him get drafted and go see if he can do it at the next level. But right now, for this team to be successful, I think you just have to have JT and that that zone read option uh, in the in the you know in the playbook. Yeah, and here's the thing though. I mean, what I was thinking about, you know, JT Barrett, as great as he is, I mean, he takes his hits. Cardell is still going to probably be needed, either a mop up duty or for hopefully not for an injury. But it's possible. Hmm later on in the season, I mean, it's it's not like he's just going to disappear from everyone's radar. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to be yeah. involved in some way, ideally in positive ways that don't involve injuries. But, man, I, he's he's still going to be a component of this. So mm-hmm. I don't want people to, like, just throw him in the, the trash bin right now. You know what I mean? Like, 
I just think that for everything that's happened in the past couple of years, you've got to be ready for anything. And and right now, JT Barrett at quarterback it will work, is going to look good, and it'll be great, but who knows how long that's going to last. We've got a really like long month of November coming forward, and that's going to have a lot of tough football games. So we'll see how it works out. Yeah, and, you know, what works against one team might not work great against another right. team. So I mean, it's, it's good to be able to have that. Right? Like, we're not we're not playing against the toughest defense in the conference necessarily. I mean, this is right. this is a little different. Yeah, and uh, how about those guys? I want to give a shout-out to the Cannon guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. Rutgers. My they finally got the fire of the Cannon. Completely losing his mind over those guys. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, I like the Ohio State fans behind them chanting, fire the cannon, <laughs> <laughs> shoot the cannon. Yeah. It was great. It was, uh, it was, it, it gave, um, it, it lent a little, uh, levity to the festivities because that, that second half, you look up and you go, Ohio State's already scored three touchdowns in the third quarter. Oh my God, there's still nine minutes to go in the third quarter. <laughs> Yeah. I, 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 I like the mental forever. image of Eric Seeger just getting more and more irritated. Uh, the longer the game went, <laughs> like, like he tweeted at one point, it was like running clock, running. Clock. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what he broke when Kyle Flood called his back-to-back yeah. timeouts because you know he broke he was something. So mad, that was great. That was really funny. Uh, uh, so it was a big win, and uh, you know we'll see if they can do it again. Not this weekend because it's an open date, but right. next weekend, uh, Minnesota comes to Columbus and. They're not quite as strong as they were last year in a lot of ways, but uh, yeah. they're still a team with a, a fairly decent defense. And, uh, you know, if records could find a way to shut down Zeke Elliott for half a game, probably Minnesota could do it for half a game. Yeah, I, just, uh, I hope they bring Dilly Bardan. That's really my biggest hope. I, I want to get that rolling in Ohio Stadium. That would be good, yeah. They should just give out free ice cream yeah. at the game, <laughs> no matter how cold it is. Um, so why don't we talk a little bit about uh, one of the other games this weekend, which was uh, a crazy finish, uh, Florida State goes down yes. from the ranks of unbeaten. Georgia Tech, uh, they're, they're, they line up, they're at Georgia Tech, uh-huh. and first of, first of all, this game, given Georgia Tech's uh, performance to this year, uh, to this point this year, shouldn't have been a close game. No. But they go out, and it's tied, and Florida State goes out, and they trot out a very, very good field goal kicker to go he, win the he game. He might be them. the best one in the country. He's, he's excellent. Yeah. He's very good, and and he gets he gets the kick blocked, and then everybody just has a brain fart and just stands around. <laughs> right. Well, I guess while, I guess we're going overtime, right? While Georgia Tech picks up the ball and says, "Hey, uh, why don't we see what we can do with this thing?" Right. And, and really, he only it only took him two blocks really to spring him for the for the touchdown. Yeah. And, and um, that was fun. I mean, look, I love anything Paul Johnson does. I'm a big fan of, and that includes you know being a two and five team or whatever. And just as long as he continues to do that type of football. Um, but I, you know, that to me is why I watch college football just for that ridiculous stupidity. Um, because that's, that's, what's fun about it. And you've got that moment where you think you've got everything wrapped up and then you don't. And that happened, you know, the previous week with Michigan and Michigan state where it's a very similar type of situation. And it's, it's just hilarious. And it's, and, and honestly, it's even better when it happens to programs that you don't like. So if it happens to Michigan, I turtle myself to sleep. If it happens to Florida state, I have a smile on my face for the next like hour and a half. Like that, that's, you want to see people get their comeuppance and that's exactly the type of play that you want to see it happen. So that I, I had a lot of, I thought it was great. That was my, that was probably outside of Ohio state, my favorite game all, all, all weekend. Yeah, Utah got blasted, put on full blast this week. Yeah, they were underdogs, uh, and that didn't even come close to uh, making a measure of just how badly they got beat. Yeah, they they got pounded, like and just pounded, pounded badly uh, by USC, which is a team that's got a couple has had some problems this year, obviously. Yeah, yeah to say the least. Uh, and then a couple of four overtime games. Yeah. So this was a pretty crazy week. Yeah, and especially <laughs> considering like there weren't supposed to be any like quote unquote good games. You know what I mean? Like there were. There was some excitement, and it is, I mean, we, we talked about this a little earlier. It's, it's, it is going to be nice, I think, to uh, to have a week where we can kind of relax and catch our breath a little bit and not have to, you know, like be on top of it at all times, worrying about like a breaking news story or something like that. It'll just be a good, like, easy weekend of football watching. Um, 
But I don't want too many of them because I'm really excited about November, and I'm, I really think the slate of games. I love the Illibuck Trophy. I think Northwestern's fun to always fun to play, and then of course you got Michigan and Michigan State at the end of it. So I'm pretty pumped for November. I, I, I will I will enjoy the bye week, but I will await the end of it anxiously as well. I guess. Yeah, I think fun for me is to sit there on a bye week and just watch chaos help Ohio State. It's like, <laughs> right. Just watch, watch just for the games. sit on your throne that, and go, ho, 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 dance <laughs> puppet, dance. Yeah, because, you know, invariably, like last year it happened. I mean, they had a week off and some, you know, a couple teams ahead of them lost. And right. it's like, hmm, made out like a bandit by not even taking the field this yeah, week. Yeah, exactly. And and that could that could happen again, although I don't, I mean, I, I just, I, I yearn for a season where Baylor plays like five good teams. <laughs> Or two Instead of just like teams. they they play like a whole hand like a whole bunch of junior high teams and then like TCU yeah, it, yeah. it's just it's bizarre to watch them it's like I who mean, are they playing this week Kansas who are they fair, playing next week to be fair as Ohio State fans I mean we we have gotten our share of a very similar uh, criticism you know what I mean just because sure we of have of, sure we have but I I put our scrubs I put other than Purdue I would put our I put this conference's scrubs up against a, a Kansas or an Iowa State just about any year. Uh, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Yeah. So um, why don't we turn our attention toward a little bit of ask us anything? Yeah, Bobby. let's do that. Um, uh, why don't you tell our our folks how they can uh, ask us anything? Okay, you guys can ask us anything in a couple of ways. You can ask us anything by getting at us on Twitter, so at eleven dubcast, or sending us an email to dubcast at 11warriors.com. Yeah, and that's how you can do it. And you should do it every week because we can help you. Yes. We really can. I am, uh, I, am, I, am by the, I am defined by the state of Ohio as a highly qualified teacher, which means I have my master's degree and extra hours um, uh, in my content area. So I can definitely help you with your love life. That's... <laughs> yeah. my only and I, my only actual qualification <laughs> means I can do anything. And I'm a guy with a podcast. Yeah, there you go. So, I can do stuff too. Yeah. Um so we got a we got one on the, on the Twitters this week, Johnny. Yeah, it's it's a little thin, but that's cuz it's Sunday. We're recording early cuz I have to uh I have to fly to San Diego, which is a little annoying. Um I mean, that's that's definitely an understatement for my psyche, but uh yeah, keep sending them in, please. We we definitely want your questions. Yeah, so if you're listening to this on the, the Wednesday or after, and we didn't get to your question, uh, be patient. We will we'll try to get to it next week. Uh, but we did, you know, we did a little bit of early recording this week, so um, we may not have gotten to everybody because everybody procrastinates and sends them in at the last minute. That's right, I do. Um, yeah, so do I. I'm notorious procrastinator. Kurt Heinrichs. Uh, our good friend Kurt, he uh, he covers the wrestling for us. John. Yeah, he does, and he does a good uh, he, job with it. And he really does. Especially important, just given how awesome the Ohio State wrestling team is. I miss Logan Steber already. I do too, but you know what? It, they've got some guys waiting in the wings that I think <laughs> might might make up for him a little bit. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. There's some. There's still. It's still going to be a powerhouse team. Yeah. Uh, so Kurt wants to know more annoying commercial DraftKings, FanDuel, political campaign ads, or Larry Culpepper. Uh, the college football playoff guy. Uh, what what do you say, Eleven Dubcast? I mean, or what do you say, John? A draft, any of the the online sports draft kings, whatever, all that crap. I hate that so much. Like the at least occasionally, like political ads are entertaining in their insanity. But with this, it's just the same boring crap. It's the same commercial every single freaking day. And when you're trying to watch like an afternoon in college football, it just it just gets into your head and it's oppressive and it sucks. And then it's even more ridiculous because of all the you know the insider trading crap that's been going on and Nevada like trying to shut it down and within the state lines, it's just all kinds of other crap. It, it just seems really stupid. And every time they play a commercial on ESPN or on ABC, it just serves as a reminder of how dumb of a decision it was to partner with these organizations. Yeah. It just makes them look stupid. Every time there's an, uh, a new commercial, they just look like morons. I hate those commercials, but I think I really do hate the uh, the political ads the most, especially in presidential years. Um, yeah, they can get pretty just, bad. I, I just, you know, everybody starts out, you know, talking about how great their candidate is, and then as you get closer and closer to, you know, election day, it's more about how the other guy sucks. <laughs> you know, what's, 
He's a terrible human being. Well, I will tell you this, Michael, as a as a licensed social studies teacher, I can tell you that negative advertising, negative political advertising, typically works a lot better than positive political advertising. It does because people remember bad stuff. Yes, they do, and and that's you know, and it sticks out in their head. I, I actually do a thing with my students where I show them some of the my favorite political ads that I've collected over the years, and I mm-hmm. like to start with the classic ones, you know, the Daisy one with Lyndon Johnson and. You know, these are the stakes, and then it shows the atomic bombs going off and stuff. Uh, I show them the Reagan one, where you know the bear in the woods. <laughs> if there even is a bear, like I, I love that one. And then I show them some more recent ones, which are just completely insane. And there's like one with like a Star Wars thing, where like there's lasers blowing up like pictures of kids and things. It's, just, it's great. I, politics is is in generally you know kind of a dumb subject on the face of it just because of how people interact with it. But it's, to me, it's hilarious. So I don't know. I, living in Ohio, you do get sick of the commercials just constantly inundating you, but uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta have fun with it too. Sometimes I guess. Yeah. I guess I don't really mind the uh, Larry Culpepper commercials because they talk about Ohio state yeah. kind of, you know, indirectly right. when in the championship. But the other one, I, I, the, the thing I like is that actor is a, I think he ad libbed some of those lines. And when he, <laughs> When they ask him the one where he's he, he uh, where Marcus Allen says shouldn't you be working and he, he kind of sounds like he kind of ad libs oh you know I wish I had a dime for every time somebody asked me that question <laughs> and 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 Marcus Allen laughs because I think he made it up on the spot right. and and you know and he wasn't expecting that because Marcus Allen obviously not an actor and so it kind of tickles <laughs> me that he it kind of tickles me that he you know would throw, be able to throw that line out and make him laugh like that so. Yeah. Uh, it, it comes off very good. So, I mean, I don't mind it. The one at the end where he's like, is this properly and this will look like this properly inflated to you? That's annoying. That, that I hate stupid. the end. Yes, I don't like that. Because I've, I've had enough uh, inflate gate crap or deflate gate crap for years. So, um, do we have anything in the email yet, John? No, we don't. We don't. We're actually... So that is the entirety of our, of our uh, Ask Us Anything segment. We did have a question, uh, another question. I'm not sure it's a serious question. I'll take it anyway. Uh, but, Let's do it. Well, Don wants to know, uh, will Matt Finkus ever figure out how to keep his cheek off the phone during interviews? <laughs> you know, that's and a common malady that afflicts many people on the phone. Yeah. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes, you know, it's it's okay. I mean, it's it's just part of the it's part of the interviewing biz. I mean, you hear mm-hmm. on radio, you hear on podcasts. It happens. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a cell phone. You know, it's not like an actual button. You can just like graze it and you know right. beep. So. Um, but yeah, we love Matt. We just uh, it's just not something we can always edit out because he's usually talking when it happens. So, um, but you know, we edit out other things like dogs barking and you know pe- people dropping f bombs. I've, I've, like I've got my dog right next to me right now, actually, and he's he's being very well behaved. He's tuckered out. I also have the cat right next to the dog, so we'll see how that goes. But right now they're wow. Get the whole fam. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. So, thanks for the uh, the questions, everybody. And uh, of course, if we didn't get to your questions, it might might be because we recorded early this week. We'll we'll get to them at a later date. It's a bye week next week. We need other things to talk yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. So please, please, send as many please ask us anything. <laughs> yeah. Send us as many questions as are on your mind. And if there's no questions on your mind, make up some questions. Yeah. Just um, BS them. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you get us at at eleven dubcast on the twitters or dubcast at eleven warriors. <laughs> In the Gmail uh, or in the email, whatever you mail, whatever whatever <laughs> mail you use. Right. <laughs> All right. All right. Joining us again this week, as he does every week during the college football season, our good friend Matt Finkus for Finkus on Football. Matt, how are you tonight? I'm doing good, guys. Awesome. Uh, so. First, right off the bat, I just want to ask you about. Uh, obviously, you got to take the opponent into consideration here, but or it just looked like Ohio State had its most complete game of the season so far. Yeah, I mean, you can take the opponent into consideration. You could take the same opponent into consideration against Indiana and Western Michigan and Northern Illinois and everybody else that we look like crap again. So, um, <laughs> just the, just the fact that we're making an improvement, I think, is speaks volumes. And, you know, I mean, that, that's that's the most important thing. Um, you know, with the way that this thing is laid out now with the college football playoffs, you know, and, and the championship games at the end of the season, really the, you know, the months of September and really kind of the first part of October, it, it, you're just looking to avoid, you know, 
huge mistakes. I mean, if you can come through those those months unscathed and get a good idea about who your team is, you know, you're in, in today's day and age, that's the positive thing because now you have something to build on. Now you have something to look forward to. And as long as you keep improving here through the month of November, and again, I mean, it's, it's, it's all going to be about peaking at the right time. We were the team that peaked at the right time last year, and hopefully we'll be that team again this year. But that's what has to be the, the, the major goal. It can't be, uh, you know, winning those games early. And, you know, I, I, we talked last week about, uh, you know, kind of why the, the switch was being made and why the offense is the way it is and, and why it is the, the way it is now. And, you know, with the quarterback situation, and it just, you know, I mean, I, I understand Urban Meyer's logic, but, but it just, you know, now we've seen it, and now it's just so much more smooth and, and so much more efficient and so much more fun to watch. Do you think that's something that's going to maybe continue in the next week, or was this maybe like, all right, this is a cool little kick in the pants, and then maybe some of the problems that have plagued the team so far this year might rear their heads again uh, after the bye week? You know, I don't think so because after the bye week, you know, it's you're really broken it down into into kind of two separate little seasons. There, you've got four games left in the regular season with two big games. You know, Minnesota's no slouch of a team. I mean, they're they're winning some football games. Um, so you you've got three out of those four that should be pretty decent opponents. I mean, Illinois is a dumpster fire, so I mean, it just is what it is with that. But you know, you've got three pretty decent opponents there, so you've got to really come. You got to take this week off, get healthy rejuvenate, re-energize, and ready to come at this like, okay, we've got a four-game stretch here that we need to be at the top of our game and then ready to hit our stride when it comes to December 1st and get, you know, whoever that is, Iowa, Nebraska, Wisconsin, that comes out of the uh, out of the West. So I think that's what, what, what the team is really looking at, and I think that's where the focus is going to be. I don't think there's going to be a let-up. I think that, you know, a lot of times these, these, uh, these boosts can really serve to re-energize a team, especially – when they're at this kind of a point in the season. I mean, if this was kind of a switch made, you know, in week two, then, yeah, I, I think that you might be able to, 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 to say that that might be an issue. But where it's happening in the season, I think that there's no way that this is going to be a letdown and a, and a move backwards. Matt, obviously the big uh, talking point coming into the game was JT Barrett's first start of the season. So maybe it's not a surprise that the offense looked as good as it did, but looked just like last year's offense. Yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, I think that that's what everyone was was expecting, and that's what everyone was wondering why that that hadn't happened to to this point. I mean, you know, that was the big consternation of why it was Cardell. I mean, JT, you know, you go back to last year, and he was a four thousand yard passer, a thousand yard rusher, almost set a Big Ten record for touchdowns. I mean, and you're thinking this guy isn't good enough to play for our team right now. Well, then then Cardell Jones must be an absolute beast. And when he came out mm. and just didn't perform like that, then I think people started to, to throw that question around. I was like, okay, well, well, this guy last year was very efficient and was, you know, fifth in the Heisman ballot. Let's, let's see what, let's, let's at least go back to that because what we were seeing, and, you know, I mean, the, 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 the staff came out with the, well, the rushing numbers are the same and everything like that, but you could tell the team just wasn't clicking. It wasn't firing on, on all cylinders. And, I mean, it's just it, – it's one of those personality things maybe. It's one of those circumstances things maybe where the team had no choice but to rally around Cardell Jones for the last three games last year. Um, you know, they, they just – there wasn't another option. And this year there was another option. And, and so Cardell couldn't just show up and be the only option and say, I'm it, guys, get behind me. You know, he had to show why, why the team needed to get behind him, and I just don't think that he ever did. So, with regards to this opponent in particular in Rutgers, I mean, everything seemed to go right from the word go. I mean, there was a couple of, like, all right, there, you know, the, the initial couple drives weren't as clean as most people would have hoped them to be. But what does JT Barrett, in his first start of the season, what does he bring to that position that, for whatever reason, seems to calm everybody down and just make the team function as an offense much better than, you know, we've seen so far? You know, I think Urban Meyer said something in the post-game press conference that uh, that really stuck out to me, that, um, you know, J.T. Barrett, when he's a quarterback, you don't see the complicated coverages. So that's telling me that defensive coordinators, you know, much like the, you know, good quarterbacks in the NFL, you know, you don't see exotic looks for Peyton Manning. You don't see exotic looks for Drew Brees and for Aaron Rodgers, you know, because they know that, that when you show those exotic looks, you're taking the chance. 
and a good quarterback, if they can find, if they can recognize that, they know where the weakness is, and the weakness is going to be exposed that much faster. And for Urban Meyer to say that, I think, showed a lot of confidence, and it showed a lot of, uh, of, of why J.T. Barrett is as good as he is, because he recognizes, he reads the defense, he knows, the, he gets the pre-snap reads, and, and he's able to make those decisions and make those decisions quickly. And, you know, I, I think that what you saw out of J.T. is what we, what we all expected to see, a, a guy who is very good at distributing the ball, a guy who makes very good decisions. And, you know, I mean, aside from the, you know, the bad interception at the Penn State game last year, you know, I'm, I'm, I rack my brain to try to think of just a really horrible decision that J.T. Barrett made in the second half of the season. I mean, he's just he's a solid, solid player, and he always seems to make the right read. He may not make the spectacular play, but he seems to always make the right play. And, and I think that with this offense and with this many weapons, that's what you that's what you need. You, you don't need a guy, you know, who's going to make the seventy yard throw and ooh and on everybody, but misses other three passes and not hit a five yard slant. You know, I mean, we've got guys, and you saw it with uh, with Michael Thomas. We we got guys that can take a ten yard slant to a sixty yard touchdown. Right. We don't, we don't need to throw over the top if we don't have to. I mean, we've got guys that can make moves and make things happen in the open field. We just have to get them the ball at the right time. You know, Matt, one guy who had, uh, I mean, his typical second-half explosion uh, but was bottled up pretty good in the first half was Zeke Elliott. Uh, what was Rutgers doing that was giving Ohio State's, uh, you know, so much trouble in the, in the power run game? I mean, you see this a lot with Zeke. I mean, and, and this is, you know, an old coaching philosophy that a lot of coaches employ. And, again, you and I have talked about this on, on this uh, on this podcast before. The teams are going to say, okay, well, Zeke isn't going to beat us. We're going to come out the first half. We're going to shut down the run, and we're going to make, you know, the quarterback. We're going to make him throw the football. We're going to make them see if they can execute in the passing game and see what they can do. I think that's what you see. You see, you see teams loading the box. You see them taking chances with, with, uh, with line stunts up front. And, you know, and that's where you're going to win sometimes. But, uh, you know, once JT in that passing game starts to expose that back half and say, okay, if you're going to put nine guys in the box, if you're going to put your safeties up tight, you know, then you're going to have, I mean, a, a perfect example is a, of a safety being out of position and trying to play a run instead of a pass was that Michael Thomas 10-yard out. I mean, a safety, and if you, if you watch that play, the safety is walked down to about seven or eight yards where he should be at about 12 to 15 because they're just playing cover two. And he catches the out, makes, makes the corner miss, but the safety is such a bad angle because he's up trying to play the run that Michael Thomas is able to outrun into the end zone for a touchdown and outrun the backside corner. And, and that, those are the kind of things that defenses are going to see, and then they're going to back those safeties off, and then Zeke is going to start getting yards and chunks, and then you're going to get into a third and one situation or something like that where he's going to break one and pop it for, for a 50-yard touchdown. So, you know what, just taking it all into consideration at this point in the year, is this, you know, is this where you thought the team would be at this point, or did you expect maybe something a little different at this point? Well, I think everyone expected something different at this point. I think everyone expected this team to come out of the gate, uh, you know, fire breathing, smoke coming out of their their, their ears, and, and ready to <laughs> right. roll, and, and, you know, racking up 70 points a game. I mean, and, and you know, the reality is uh, it's college football. Things change, things are different, and you just don't know what you're going to get. So uh, am I, is this what I expected to see? No, but am I happy that, that, we're, that we had the game that we did against Rutgers? Yes. Am I, am I hoping to see improvement in, the, in a better game against Minnesota? Absolutely. I think the encouraging thing to me is I saw no improvement virtually on the offensive side of the football. I mean, going back to, to, the, to this game before, and actually let's go back to before the Penn State game, the Virginia Tech game was the best offensive game of the year. And that's, that was game one. And, and you never want that to happen. You're, mm-hmm. You know, you need to get better every week, and they weren't doing that. But then all of a sudden, they got better at Penn State. Then they've gotten better the next week against Rutgers. So that improvement is, is more important to me than seeing the numbers on the scoreboard and everything else, because those numbers will come as long as this team continues to improve. So, no, this is not what I expected. I expected it to be a little bit more smooth and a little bit more clean to this point. But I think everyone did, obviously. But now that we're seeing improvement, I think it is an encouraging time. Well, Matt, before we let you get out of here, just got to find out what what you you know what your big plans are for the uh, open date next weekend. Big plans for the open date. I believe uh, trick or treating will be involved, and uh, <laughs> you know, taking the kids and 
and uh, drinking some beers and, and taking the Saturday off finally. I mean, it's uh, football season's a crazy time, so just a you know little family time and eating some candy and having a couple beers. And that sounds like a fantastic idea, and I think I might <laughs> have to join you in that. So. Uh, yeah, it was go, nice. Man. It was it was great for the schedule makers to give us Halloween off so we could take the kids trick or treating. Because with all these night games, I was sitting there thinking a couple weeks ago when I wasn't sure what the schedule looked like, and I I, I, I you know just from my memory, I was thinking, am I gonna be able to take my kid trick or treating? Because my wife works that <laughs> night. Are we gonna, or am I gonna yeah. be sitting home watching Ohio State going? Uh, sorry, honey, I'll just give you some candy. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, so if you guys want to, we can get a road trip together and go, go, go over to OU. I hear they got a big Halloween party there. Yeah, no, I got an open container. I got an open container <laughs> ticket in Athens once. Uh, yeah, I, I had yeah. that experience in Athens as well. I think as everyone has. I don't go back there. Uh, well, Matt Figgis, thanks so much for being with us again for Figgis on Football, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Always a pleasure, guys. Talk to you soon. All right, well, our special guest this week uh, was at the game on Saturday night in uh, Piscataway, New Jersey, our very own Ramsey Nasrallah. Ramsey, welcome to the 11 Dub cast. Hi, gentlemen. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I spent most of Sunday horizontal, just recovering from the, <laughs> the adventure that is Piscataway, New Jersey. Yeah, the magical land yeah. of Piscataway. Yes, the the entire greater New Brunswick area is just um it's just something else it's just something else. Uh, Ramsey, what um first of all I want to ask you like how your seats were and uh, like what was the crowd breakdown in terms of percentages? Uh, my seats were right in the middle of the end zone where Zeke scored his first touchdown. They were I got them through Rutgers. They were a hundred and seventy five dollars face value. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> The, the mafia is alive and well in, in New Brunswick. <laughs> the crowd was, it was hard to gauge because everyone's wearing the same damn colors. Right. Um, everyone's shouting and um, they play house music at really high decibels in, in High Point Solution Stadium. So it's hard to gauge where the crowd is swinging back and forth. I've been to a bunch of road games. Usually it's it's pretty easy to tell, but... Last night, it was nearly impossible, and then by the time they stopped playing house music, the crowd had left, and you couldn't tell if, <laughs> like if the world had left. Like, like, like party bar or whatever, like dance club. I mean, right. And, and the thing is, you, know, you think of beating traffic. It, there's, they, they, the post-game traffic situation outside the stadium is great there. Like, uh, within a minute, you're away from, from, from the mess. It, it, it's really set up well. That's the best thing I can say about Rutgers football. The traffic <laughs> is coordinated very well. It's, it's basically you can leave exact, when you want to. It's, it's the polar opposite of Blacksburg, Virginia. Uh, so it wasn't was it the most uh, electric atmosphere in the nation uh, on Saturday night? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> It uh, it's it was it's not terrible. I mean, they they've got some cool little third down tradition things that they do with the student body. You can tell they want to be good. The the elder statesmen who sit there with the game on the radio and not quite doing box scores like with with baseball old timers, but you know, hey Zeke Elliott's still under 100 yards. Like they're keeping track of that kind of stuff. They're really into the game. I mean, New Jersey's a great football state, but uh, by the third quarter they're like, yeah, this is. They start to make larger. <laughs> Larger excuses like, "Oh man, this is a big this is a Big Ten problem." Well, <laughs> no, you, the, the problem quite. is you can't really do anything against this team. You're, you're struggling. Right. Yeah, it's not. Let's keep it keep it local. You, I mean, I, I'm a big country. fan of like Schadenfreude, so I, I like to go on opposing. I mean, we we were talking on Slack about. Um, I think you posted it about the percentage or how many people they thought were actually there from Ohio State, and they were like super lowballing it. And I love going on those opposing message boards just to like see the progression of post titles. Like the subject headers are like, like three hours before the game, it's like, I think we're gonna pull this off, guys. I think we got this. And then like at halftime, it's like, I don't know, this is gonna work out. And then after the game, it's like we have to fire our coach. Like I just, I like to see the slow like descent into madness that is this guy. Way. And I, I want to thank you actually, Ramsey, for contributing to that uh, with your periscope. Uh, broadcast last night, which I thought was excellent. I was I was very entertained by that. 
That was a spontaneous idea when we realized we were the only people left in our section. <laughs> like, you know what? I, 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 I want to talk to someone. I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll just do that on Periscope. The, yeah. uh, as far as the so, – so I'm used to going to games in Columbus where there are 700,000 people on campus, and you know that only like one in seven are going to the game. So it's right. hard to gauge what, what, what that breakdown is on campus when you're somewhere you haven't been to before. But when I walked into Brother Jimmy's Barbecue in Piscataway, which is one of several really good places to pregame there, when, when we showed our IDs, they're like, hey, a New Jersey license, finally. I live in New Jersey. And then the guy looked at what I was wearing, and he's like, man, <laughs> there are no records people here. <laughs> and you walk in, and they're playing Hang On Sloopy. There's OHs everywhere. And, and uh, I just imagine that happening on your own campus where – a pretty major establishments basically taken over by, by visiting fans. I can't even imagine. <laughs> I remember uh, the the game in Michigan where Ohio State um, lost and we had the in, infamous uh, Heisman pose by Desmond Howard. Yeah. Uh, there was a bar, and the name of it escapes me because this was many years ago, but there was a bar that Ohio State fans basically took over before the game. And uh, it was pretty cool to be on Michigan campus and have a bar entirely just taken over by the Scarlet and Gray. So, so that could that's pretty that's pretty cool. Uh, but I imagine it happens more at places like Rutgers than it does at places like Michigan. Yeah, the, the tribe travels very well. For me, it took me 25 minutes to get there, so I got lucky. Yeah, that sounds. So cool. let me. No, go ahead. Mike. I was just I was just going to ask. Uh, so you know, we we just come off of what was, you know, arguably maybe not even arguably the finest. Uh, performance, for, uh, you know, as an entire team this season, is Ohio State back to normal or back to where they were last year, or is it just this was Rutgers and let's pump the brakes and see if we're actually back or if we're still going to have those issues when we play Minnesota next week? So I think that it's a mixed bag. Rutgers has a legitimately decent offense, but Carew was obviously not his, himself. Basically, shutting them out for 59 minutes, that's a pretty big deal. I mean, Rutgers scores points. You can, you can say all you want about Julie Herman. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can make fun of their coach. Their back seven is garbage defensively, but they score points. And that was, uh, from a defensive standpoint, yeah, they missed that field goal at the beginning. But throughout the game, especially when you're sitting in the end zone and you have a good shot of the, the running lanes, which is really the best thing about sitting in the, in the end zones, they had nothing going on, man. I mean, every now and then they'd have a you know minor play. I think they ended up with nine first downs. <laughs> that that's <laughs> somehow the the other side of that is when was the last time Ohio State played poorly on the road at night? They get right. up for that. Um, so I mean, it's like arguably the best game of the year. They working out the kinks, Virginia Tech. They, they just they don't lapse all that much when they're on the road under the lights. Um, but you know what? What can that? What does this say for the rest of the year? I still have problems with the Chase Ferris side of the offensive line losing containment. Um, JT Barrett sort of mitigated that in a way that Cardale isn't uh, isn't physically equipped to. But there's, there's still some things that they can work on, which is good. You can't rest on your laurel. It's, I, I get beating Wisconsin, Alabama, Oregon, and then being self satisfied for an unhealthy amount of time, but when you have <laughs> things you can work on every week, uh, that that's good. So they've got Minnesota, Illinois, and the Michigans. It's a, it's yeah, a four game. I mean, it's going to ramp up really quickly here. I mean, November is going to be just, like, ridiculous. And one of the things that I was thinking about as I was watching this game is, is just expectations in general. Like, we, you know, we came into the season thinking I say it was just going to steamroll over everybody. There would be no problems anywhere with anything. And worst case scenario is that Cardell is the Heisman runner-up, right? And I think, to me personally, I don't know how you feel about this, but to me I think that was just super naive because, and granted, I bought into it. I'm not saying I'm not guilty of it myself, but just, things pop up and when you have personnel changes and coaching changes, like you can't just mitigate that by being awesome. You have to like work at it to get better. And I think we kind of expected, like you're saying with the offensive line, that that was just going to solve itself. And I still think you're seeing like a team figure that out as the, as the course of the season goes on. I, I agree with you. And I think we're all old enough to remember this isn't the first year where, where 
it's felt like at the beginning of the season, okay, Ohio State's going to beat everyone by, by three touchdowns. The 98 team was supposed to have double-digit wins over everybody. Right. And if you look back at the 98 team, they had double-digit wins over everybody. And they had <laughs> one, like, one half of a bad half that destroyed right. the season. That was it. That's all it took. It took it took punts hitting Nick Clements in the back. It took every jump ball going, you know, Bill Burke's <laughs> way. I mean, it, that's what that's what it took to beat that team. Um, and that and happened. Happened with with this team. They could lose. You know, Zeke Zeke sometimes gets. You think he's going to lose the ball from behind. Jalen, every time he feels a punt, my my heart stops. There are little <laughs> things that, like, if they don't get, if everything starts to go in the other team's favor, I think they can lose all the breaks against Minnesota and Illinois and, and still be okay. Michigan State or Michigan or the Big Ten title game, which may may or not may or may not be Iowa. I, yeah, I, which I, is I, hilarious, I, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be the funniest. I, I honest to God hope that happens because that's going to be a glorious week leading up to that. I'm going to be so pumped for that. I, Iowa is Ohio State's least hated rival. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I never thought of it that way, but that's probably true. You can't uh, you can't take it for granted that that you know the the mystical could happen. Now, granted, the, the players on the current team have no memory of the '98 season. Hashtag we're old, but, <laughs> yeah. but you know we we've been around long enough. You can see that's what that's why college football on paper and the transit of property is just eye rolling. You you have to watch it happen in, in real time, right? Ramsey, one of the things that I've noticed this year, more than years past, and you've wrote about this, you've written about this many times, uh, or at least multiple times, is that a lot of people I know, way too many people I know, friends, family, coworkers, are getting stuck going to weddings on football Saturdays. <laughs> Why are people still holding weddings on football Saturdays? <sighs> because they're selfish. And they're short-sighted. <laughs> bad people. They're bad people. They, this, this is, I'll tell you how the mindset that goes, that goes into fall weddings. It starts with temperature. And, and they think that fall has great temperature. And fall has great colors. And they're right. Then, uh, and we're right now, let's just, for, for the sake of clarification, we're referring to people who live in the Rust Belt, people who live in the Southeast, people who live where college football matters more than it should. Mm-hmm. And they maybe maybe they'll take college football into consideration and plan it around a bye week, but it's that's just one team's bye week, or maybe they'll plan it around oh it's it's you know they're only playing Purdue or something like that, and what you end up having and I I probably miss half of the ones that are in my mentions on Twitter, I try to promote like what ends up happening at these weddings, and it's people sitting at the reception with <laughs> iPads out watching right. the game game. And yeah. it's it's not about the people who are attending or the or the football team. Like when you get married, that's a pretty big day. That's that should be an important day. And I've been at so many wedding receptions where the bride's dancing with her dad, the immediate family is there taking pictures, <laughs> and two thirds of the reception is trying to get <laughs> like a northwestern score because some <laughs> weird crap happened in the game. That's I don't that's think I would think these things. You know what? Just for the I don't think I want to know, like, I don't want to use that as a litmus test for how much people give a crap about me. You know what I mean? I don't want to have that information. I don't want to know that, like, a football game takes priority over myself or my significant other. So I, like, I think that's just information people don't really need to have. So I, I agree. I think having the summer, which, while it sucks because it's hot, is infinitely better than the hell of trying to manage people's expectations at a fall wedding. That's it's and, very and married people can tell you you don't remember the temperature on your wedding day. Right. You don't no. even even it's and it's going to rain and something's going to go south and someone's aunt is going to get overserved and something always doesn't go absolutely perfect, but one thing you can't control and as I'm speaking as someone who was at a wedding when Appalachian State beat Michigan and literally <laughs> nobody was paying attention to anything that had to do with the wedding because that was happening. <laughs> um, you can control that. And there are 52 Saturdays, 52 Fridays, 52 Wednesdays. There's just like 15 that it's like a, it's like a mind zone where you can't – this past weekend was one of the weakest schedules for college football this season. I don't think anyone will argue that. And mm. then you look at what happened with Georgia Tech and Florida State. And you look at what happened. There were was, there was several really interesting games. 
USC yeah. Utah started. I mean, people were in weddings last night, and you, you know they were they were talking about the, the kick six that yeah. Georgia Tech. Just stay away from football season. If you, I mean, it's it's really about you. Make the day about you. Try to keep people right. from getting into their phones. No one does that during the British Open or during a baseball <laughs> game, but it happens with college football. It does. Mm-hmm. And some some poor sap had a wedding in the South somewhere, and then everybody had, oh my God, it's four overtimes for Arkansas and Auburn, <laughs> right? The uh, <laughs> and, and and they're like, oh, bye week in the SEC. That's when you get married. No, you know what? Uh, June works too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because the thing is, it's a bye week that year, but the next year when you want to gear up and go to the game with your buds, your wife's like, hey, it's our anniversary. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's no. God, that that's the gift that never stops uh, taking away. That sucks. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went to I went to a fall wedding this year. It was fine, but I was doing the exact same thing. I was like, I had the game up on my phone at the reception. I'm like trying, and, and the thing is, like, the people who were at this wedding were not football people. They did not care about football. They didn't enjoy it, whatever. And I'm like trying to be attentive and alert and you, you just can't like you, you can't do that when especially you know with us when we're so tied into what the football team's doing like you just can't avoid it and I don't know it was I, I very much enjoy the people whose wedding I went to but uh yeah that's that's kind of an inevitable inevitable side effect unfortunately yeah I only had one this year I missed the Indiana game and that wasn't a bad game to miss so. Yeah, it was a very frustrating game, and yeah, you're probably better off uh, being there than seeing Xander Diamant uh, dance to the secondary. <laughs> hold, hold on, Xander Diamant dance to the secondary again. Again, right. that's right. That's right. I mean, I don't. I mean, here's the thing. I I would say that I think this has been kind of a malaise kind of season so far. Right? Am I wrong in that? Like, people have been kind of like meh overall for the first you know six games or so, but. That last game, I enjoyed watching him kick the absolute crap out of Rutgers. That was a that was a fun game to watch. I am really excited for November because I think like I'm actually going to enjoy the season as much as I feel like I should. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you know what? So everything always works better when you use metaphors. And, yeah. And the the <laughs> end of last season, like the the Indiana game before the Michigan game last year was like why, why is Tevin Coleman running for a thousand yards? Uh, or, or, <laughs> We're going to end up playing in the Capital One Bowl, and yeah, Urban Meyer deserves better than this. We should have had something by now. And then Michigan with Barrett, and then you have every emotion working against you. You've got Costa George, you've got Cardale Jones, and then you just get surprised with what's basically a six-star meal that, you've, that you'll never have again right? from a college football dining standpoint. And then you've got the aftertaste for eight months. And then you've got Virginia Tech on Monday night. And then, I mean, now you're drawing a straws. Then you have Hawaii's uniforms, which are still the coolest things I've ever seen yeah. on a football field. And then you're basically eating saltines. And right. You're picking at, the, you're picking at the, the French fry scraps at the bottom of the greasy bag. And you're reheating no. French fries, which you should never do. <laughs> oh, oh. The it's, it's you, you've got this six star meal still in your head, and nothing is as satisfying. And then you, there are little elements that might bring it back, like a night game, like on the road in a different environment, and, and right. it's got different sounds. It's it's sort of like muscle confusion for your your memories. We've never seen a game at Rutgers before, and they did really well. And it, that starts to like, oh, this could be okay. And then November football, which is incomparable, right? So. There has been a malaise, but it, it couldn't have gone any other way. Oh, they don't know how to use Braxton Miller. Oh, is it Cardale or JT? Why can't any other receivers emerge? You start to look for things to get upset about because you don't have Evan Spencer wiping out all of Alabama's linebackers on a <laughs> on a mistake play. <laughs> you, right. You, so I, this is part of, aside from the fall wedding thing, the other passion that I have for trying to shape the culture of what Ohio State readers, 11 Warriors experience is to, to not get so wound up with their own negative emotions that they blink and it's February and signing days over. And they're wondering what happened. Like I, I didn't enjoy the 2002 season. I was just too pissed off about trestle ball. And (laughs) all all my memories now have been sort of uh, 
perverted into enjoying the highlights and how exciting it was. But at the time, I was the only time I had a good time was was when they beat Penn State that year, and I did the cell phone flop out in section 18C and called Southwest and booked tickets for Phoenix. Um, just because, like, you know what? If I'm there, I'm, if Ohio State's there, cool, I'll be there too. But if they're not, I'm going to Phoenix in January. Right. Other than that, nice. like, it was just I was neurotic, and I can't let that happen to me again. And that didn't happen to me last year. And 2014 was just the best season ever because I just relaxed and right. took it for what it was. And I, I'm doing it now. I'm having fun now. And I don't yeah. see a lot of people enjoying it because they want that six-star meal back. And you can't make that your standard. You can't. No, it's it's really, and we I think I've written about it. You've written about it. It's like you just knew coming into this season. It's like just you're just not going to get what you had last year. It's not going to be as fun. Your expectation level is too high. And last year was, I mean, it was a dream season. And then even it's like, oh, JT got hurt. Well, maybe we could still stick it to Michigan and and get to the Big Ten championship game. And you, and you did that. And then you get up against Wisconsin. You go. Uh, you know, maybe we can run the football. Maybe our defense comes up big, and then you go out and you win fifty nine nothing. And okay, well we're playing Alabama. Let's give it a shot. You know, and it was just one after another of I'll be I'll be happy if they just do this, and then they exceed that. And this year it's like I'll I'll be happy if they just do five times as much as they ever did, and they're you know, and they're not able to to reach those levels. So you know, you do get that frustration. I I get what you're saying about two thousand two because it was. Every game was just a nail biter, and a why the hell is this team so having so much trouble with this team or that team? And and now you expect them to just go out and crush people. When they don't, you just you just sit there and you grind your teeth, and you're not happy about it. And you get out of the game with a win, and you and you don't feel good about it. You should always feel good about an Ohio State win, no matter what. Right. And they're playing. <laughs> We're like, those spoiled people in the universe. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> this entire conversation. Like, there's probably like some like I don't know, like some Indiana fan like sharpening knives while we're doing this. Like, <laughs> seriously. I mean, it. Like, I I agree with both of you guys. Like, we just have to to set the expectations at a reasonable level and just enjoy it for what it is, which is college football, mm-hmm. which is amazing. And I, you know, I, I have fun just watching certain things happen. Like, you know, JT Bear, I love his style of play. I love watching a guy who looks like he runs like a five four forty outrun like an entire defense somehow. Like he, you know, his little tiny strides that he makes. I just, I just like watching goofy crap like that. And I don't know. I just, you know, I, I've been having a good time just seeing how the team evolves and not really worrying about whether we repeat or not or something stupid like that. Because screw it. Yeah, the uh, the red flag for all this was people getting all upset after the Hawaii game, and and you look up and it's oh it was thirty eight to nothing guys. You know, <laughs> right. They, yeah. They, they look. They, they they were kind of you know they, they <laughs> but they scored all their points in the fourth quarter. Hey, that's good. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's like, a good thing. Like they, when when they start piling up points in the fourth quarter, that's that's total surrender cobra music for opposing teams. You you want that? Um, you only the, won by five touchdowns, God. The worst thirty-eight to nothing score ever. Like you know. <laughs> the so, I think if if you can get people to relax, like you're, like we're all saying, and put the Ohio State you know red pen grade card mentality that so many fans have aside, and just remember that it's it's these sacred dozen Saturdays or so that you get to enjoy doing this instead of going to Home Depot or watching <laughs> baseball or or just doing other crap. <laughs> This is this is so unique and special, and maybe they lose a game, or maybe they don't play well, but it's still a college football Saturday, and you've, right. so you can count these in your life that you get to, get to enjoy. And it's a shame if you spend one of those days just being mad because Ohio State didn't win hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're right, and you, you know here's the thing too: it it was just like literally, it was just summer. And now we're two thirds of the way through the regular season. Yeah, it's cold. It's cold now. That's weird. And you know, it was. I remember thinking, God, still a hundred days till till Buckeye football. Still fifty days till Buckeye football. And now we're two thirds of the way through the season. And now I'm my shift has been to, oh my God, I, I'm only going to get four or so more games of Braxton Miller. I'm only going to get a few more games left of Joey Bosa probably and Darren Lee and Ezekiel Elliott and uh, Taylor Decker. And so I'm trying to like really relax and enjoy just watching those guys play, knowing that this is it. Because 
you know, it's it's such a finite time that these kids are in college and, and, and playing for Ohio State, and then the next wave comes in and, and you move on. But it, it, you have to really hold on to, to some of these players. We're not going to see their likes again. No, and you know what? It's going to be like the difference between 2013 and 2014. Next year's team is going to barely look like this year's team, man. Right. Yeah, it's going I mean, to be like the, the recruiting ass. guy, the recruiting junkies dream. They're going to get to see all these guys they've been – Following as high schoolers, and oh, hey, now they play. Yeah. Starting straight quarterback, Jordan Jones. Yeah. Once JT goes pro. <laughs> they'll get to, and they'll be watching it on their iPhones during a September wedding. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Ramsey Nasrallah, thanks so much uh, for joining us on uh, this here uh, bi week edition of the 11 Dubcast, and we, uh, we hope to talk to you again soon. It's always fun, guys. Thanks. All right, so that just about wraps up another 11 Dubcast, Johnny. Yeah, that was a good one. And, it's, you know, it's a bye week, so we, we take it a little easy on the bye weeks, you know, kind of chillax a little, but it was good. I thought I think it went well. Yeah, I want to thank our good friend Matt Finkus for Finkus on Football. He doesn't have to do this, people. No, he, he does doesn't. This. He's on TV every night right. after these games, like busting his hump, you know, going on, giving hot takes and whatever, and then he comes on and talks to us, and just out of the goodness of his heart. So I, I really appreciate him doing that. That's, that's yes, we love we love Matt, friend of 11 Warriors, Matt Finkus, former Ohio State stud defensive lineman, too. I mean, uh, I mean, he might be, you know, a little bit before some of our listeners' time, but the dude could play football. Yes, no doubt. Uh, so he knows what, when, he's, when he talks about stuff, he knows what he's talking about. Yep. I uh, also want to thank Ramsey Nasrallah, our good uh, friend uh, and co-writer on 11 Warriors. He's, uh, he's so good at what he does, and I, I look forward to his columns every single week. Yeah, Ramsey Ramsey's the best, and we are super lucky to have him on the site. Very excited about having uh, both of them on uh, this week. And we've had Ramsey on bye weeks before, so um, I hope he doesn't think he's just like, you know, the bye week guy. Hopefully he Maybe knows he that. Maybe he is, though. Maybe he is. Well, I mean, we can make that we can make that a new um, you know tradition. Yeah, yeah. So we can do that. Um, but thanks to both of them for being on. Uh, before we get out of here, Johnny got one last question for you. It's a pretty easy one. It's a softball this time. Okay. Because I know you got a big trip coming up here uh, this week, yes. and you're not looking forward to flying no, or anything. I and I I don't like flying either. I don't think I'm quite as bad uh, about it as you are, but I'm 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 I really hate it a lot. But. Um, so my, I guess it's just an easy question. What are you going to do with your weekend with no Ohio State football? Oh man, well I'm going to come back. So I come back on Friday, um, and I want to do fall stuff. Like that's honestly that's probably the the most difficult part about helping to you know run and, and write and whatever for Eleven Warriors. Like I, I love it. You know I love college football. I love being involved in the site and, and helping decide its direction, all that stuff. But uh, you do miss out on some fall things like carving pumpkins and, you know, giving out candy for trick-or-treat and all that other good stuff. So I'm really looking forward to spending some time with my girlfriend and my dog, to a lesser extent our cat, um, and, and doing, you know, <laughs> doing uh, fun fall stuff. I don't, I just want to get out there. I want to see the trees. I want to, you know, drink some cider, do some other generic fall things. I don't know. Take, go on a hayride. You yeah, guys I go do. On a I do want to go on a hayride. I, you yeah. try to get on a hayride at least once a year, and it's it's good times. I like it. Get a- yeah, my, the falls are very difficult in Orlando, Florida, because <laughs> you, you go you go outside and you go, oh, the the palm tree leaves have not turned colors, <laughs> you know, and it looks the same, and it feels. Yeah, it's a little less humid, but other than that, it feels pretty much the same. Yeah. And, you know, you can't really do the fall stuff, and people are, like, always, like, you know, they think it's, like, a humble brag that you live, you know, you live in Orlando, you live in paradise, it's warm all year round, blah, blah, blah. No, most of the year, it's ungodly hot and humid. Yeah. It's terrible and terrible. and, and especially attacks. Orlando is landlocked in, right in the middle of the state, so you don't get any breeze. It's The air is stagnant. It's it's really oppressive. Yeah, it's manatees everywhere. Oh, the huge manatees. <laughs> um, but no, it's, you know, well, you miss that. You do. You you miss the seasons. You go, oh, it's Christmas? Oh, it, you know, it looks like April 4th. Right. You know, it looks the same. Right. <laughs> it doesn't, there's no, no, there's no, you know, snap in the air or anything like that. There's, you don't get to experience the change of seasons, and, I, and you miss that when you grow up with it. And so really the only thing I could do is, like, you know, go down to Publix and get a gallon of cider or something, you know. <laughs> Get a pumpkin pie. Oh, a pumpkin's fresh. Let's get a pumpkin pie. Right. And that's that's about all you can do that that's that feels like fall. You know, you 
Yeah, I don't know how I'd handle that. I don't know how I'd handle that because that's such a big part of you know who I am. You know that uh-huh. you know the the fall and the winter thing like that. That would be very that'd be a very interesting transition. I think. Yeah, I remember being real self righteous when I moved to uh, to Florida for the first time. I made this big ceremony of throwing away my ice scraper. <laughs> I took, took the ice scraper out of my car. I'll never need this again. <laughs> and now I like I sometimes I sit there and go. Yeah, I remember those days where it was kind of chilly and you had to go out and you had to start the car yeah. and go back in the house and warm, wait for it to warm up and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, something you don't miss the, the bitter cold, obviously, but you do miss that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and and this time of year, like, really, like, when you take your daughter to go get her Halloween costume, you got to think, is she going to sweat to death in this thing? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I've <laughs> got – my, my costume, by the way, Michael, uh, is a – I have a can of cream corn costume. <laughs> Okay. So I recommend like listeners a, out there. That's an excellent choice. If you can make a if you make a costume that's a can of something, I recommend cream corn. I think that's a pretty good choice. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, we're calling it an eleven dubcast. We're done for this week, and uh, we'll be back next week to break down the uh, the open date. Yeah. And uh, you know, give you all the analysis you need about the open date, and uh, <laughs> and then look forward to Minnesota. That's right. And and Dilly Bar Dan will be on tap. All right, so until uh, next time, I'm Michael Citro. I'm Johnny Ginner. Peace out.